Welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Before I introduce you to today's guests, I want to say a special thank you to our show sponsor, Cultivate What Matters. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know that I love their power sheets and their write the word journals. And as a special thank you to the Real Talk with Rachel listeners, you can use code REALTALKRACHEL, that's all one word, for 10% off your order now through March 31st. Just be sure to use the link in the show notes to redeem that special offer. Today's guest, Morgan Tyree, is a professional organizer, also known as a chaos calmer, writer, list lover, and fitness instructor, which is, she's an exercise enthusiast like myself, which I love. And she has a desire to help women to be their best, to bless, encourage, and equip them in every season of life. Morgan believes that when life is more organized, life is more meaningful, and I agree. She and her husband, David, live in Colorado with their three children, You're going to want to head to Instagram. You can find me at Rachel J. Gilbert after the show to check out the giveaway Morgan and I are collaborating on. It is a copy of her book and a gift card to her favorite organizing store. All right, let's jump into the conversation I had with Morgan all about taking our time back. Well, hey, Morgan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm excited to dive into not just your book that you wrote, but also your heart behind it. Before we get started, though, one thing that I love to do with my guests is I like to ask, what's something about you that we may not have read in your professional bio? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, Okay, this is just what comes to mind. I like to dance. Mm. It's not that I'm necessarily a good dancer, but I do get asked quite frequently if I used to be a dancer because I teach fitness classes and I tend to kind of, you know, get into it and I'm not teaching dance classes. I'm teaching like a body pump class. So that is something I really like to dance. I'm a, I'm a dancer. I love that. You know, I remember reading, um, not the dancing part in your book, but about the group fitness because I used to teach group fitness for years myself. I actually was a Les Mills instructor and I still love fitness. It's just, I don't have the capacity in my schedule anymore to teach. So (laughs) every now and then though, somebody will reach out and ask me to sub and I always, I'm like, yeah, for sure. So, cause it's just fun to get to do that. Uh So I love that about dance. Cause that's the one class when I was teaching fitness, I never would teach. They were like, you want to teach Zumba? I'm like, no, you do not. We do. You do not want that for me. I promise. So, (laughs) well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think it'd be hard. Yeah. I'm like, that's some straight up talent. Cause I can barely take a Zumba class and keep up with everybody, but let alone being the instructor, that's just a whole nother level. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So the book that we're chatting about today, which is actually just perfect timing it's the beginning of the new year, everybody's making all these big goals and plans. And, but I know for some people, how to manage their time wisely is kind of a thorn in their flesh. I, I will be the first to admit that your book has been a blessing to me. And today's conversation is going to be a blessing to me because this has been a thing in my life that I, did not come by naturally. I've had to really work at it and grow at it. And I have seasons where I feel like I do great. And then seasons where not so much like yesterday, even for example, I could, I, my time was just at the end of the day. I'm like, what did I do? I don't even know what I did with myself. So, but you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little about that book and the heart behind it and where it came from? 
Yes, definitely. So, you know, I, th- I would agree with you. I struggle with time management too, in the sense, well, I really think we all do at some level because it's something we have to keep working at. I don't think we ever have it completely <laughs> dialed in. And like I heard you mention seasons, like there's some seasons where maybe it's more naturally easier to manage and then other seasons, not so much. And so, it's come from a couple of different experiences. I've worked with a lot of clients over the years, whether in fitness or with organizing. So I get to really see firsthand some of the daily struggles people just kind of are walking through. But I also, like I've mentioned, have had my own struggles. And so I do talk a lot in the book or I share about the season of when we moved overseas. And it was the first time in my life when I had my time so unstructured, which for a lot of people, they think, oh, well, that's all that time. You know, you have all this free time because we moved over there and I really did. My schedule was completely open, but it almost felt overwhelming in a different sense because I didn't know how to prioritize. I felt kind of like I had no purpose in a sense. And so, you know, it's just something that I've really worked at. And like I said, it's, it's, it's challenging in its own way, but I've found some ways to really be more intentional and think about your mindset and really what your goals are with your time. Yeah, that's so true because my husband and I kind of laugh sometimes about even before we had kids and maybe we were just an undergrad, we were like, oh, we have no time, you know, how will we ever get anything done? And then we had kids and now we have a business and we do all these other things and I get way more done now than I did ever before. (laughs) And I had a lot more time. So that is an interesting challenge to have. Do you have any thoughts on that? If somebody listening is like, yeah, that's me. I'm in a season where I have a lot of time, you know, do you Mm -hmm. have any tips for that? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I really walked through. And it really was a time that I felt like I was struggling because it felt like I, well, and I should also mention there was different challenges just by living overseas. There weren't as many opportunities and I kept trying different things. So I really was working at trying to find purpose. But I think one, just kind of my overarching message would be, we all want to seek or we should be seeking a full life. And we hear that word busy all the time. And so I think it's taking a step back and saying, you know, if you're in a season where it's naturally full and you've got a lot on your plate, then that may already be decided for you. If you're in a season where it's not so full, then really identifying how could you use your time? You know, what are you being called to do? What's on your heart? And then I think you have to take forward steps. And I talk a lot about setting goals, you know, and it's easy to say, oh, I want to do something, but how are you going to take it from I want to, I will, you know, what's going to, what's going to be those steps. And it's things like accountability. But I really also walk through in the book, identifying your top purposes. Cause I think sometimes we're not clear on our season of life, you know, we're maybe just kind of doing day to day and we may be taking on way more than we need to be. So, you know, if you're in a season where there isn't as much pressing on your time, it's still important to say, but what are my purposes right now? And like one of my purposes in overseas was to kind of almost pursue things for down the road. You know, I started blogging and doing these things when I didn't really know why or the long-term vision, but those were seeds being planted, you know, so being faithful in the here and now. I love that. And how would you recommend that somebody can figure out what their purpose is right now? I know you go into this in the book, but for those listening who haven't read it yet, um, figuring out what are my purposes right now? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we kind of know there's some automatic things. If you have a job or if you're raising young kids, there's things that are maybe very clear, but I do recommend in the book, 
doing a time log for a week and just really assessing where you're currently spending your time because you might identify some things you didn't even realize were part of your top purposes or priorities. And you you might also see that you're spending time on things that really aren't as beneficial to what you're working on or what you want to work towards in life. So, you know, there's, there's a self-awareness piece. You can talk with a spouse or a trusted friend, you know, Hey, what do you think I'm being called to do right now? Cause I think what we'll tend to do sometimes is take on too many things in a season rather than maybe the top things. And so it's just, you know, kind of taking a step back and looking at your life as a whole and praying, praying and saying, Lord, what is it that you really want me to focus on in this season? Yeah. I love how practical that time log is because I know I've done that and it's quite alarming. Honestly, even one day in, you're like, oh, okay, there go all my excuses about not having time. Particularly my my big weak link is my phone for sure. Not just social media. I mean, that's a piece of it, but just even when I, because occasionally I'll just take Instagram off my phone because I'm like, it is, it's just a time suck. And so, but even when I do that, I found that I still can find myself just on my phone doing random stuff just because I'm used to having it in my hand. So that's one for me that is a weak link for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's something we're struggling with more and more in this time in life or, you know, where we're at with technology and there's nothing wrong with technology. I really do think it's neutral, but like you're mentioning your phone, I think the challenge is, is that our phones offer so many things. And so it's not like we're just using it to make a phone call. I mean, do we even use it for phone calls anymore? Right. But it's, it's got everything, you know, whether you want to look something up, look at your photos, you know, it's your camera, it's your database, it's your contact, it's so many things. And so there's, I think that time management is, is more challenging with all this technology, because we're more distracted than ever. The boundaries that used to be kind of naturally in place between work home and different things, isn't so much the case. And so I think being deliberate is something we have to really work at even more, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's essentially like we're walking around with a computer on us because we are, you know, it has all the same capabilities as, as a computer. And then I feel like that also raises other people's expectations of us because now if somebody texts you and you don't text back within five minutes, they like think you're dead or something, you know, and same thing with emails, you know, if you don't get back within the same day, people are like, what's going on, you know, and so we've kind of trained each other to expect that from us. But then it's really dangerous because we don't have boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really use the word intentionality a lot, because I feel like that's the mindset that I want people to adopt. I mean, as much as I give a lot of practical tools and ways to look at your schedule, if we can be intentional, and that and I'll just give one quick example, I I am prone to just look on my email during the day, you know, all the time because it's in my hand, it's there. And if I got five minutes and I was I'm reading a current book and and he was mentioning and he's kind of an extreme guy as far as different things. But he was saying he only checks his email on Monday, which I was like, well, I can't just do it one day a week. But I thought I'm going to move. This is silly, but I'm going to move the icon of my email to one of my other little squares. I don't know how to say it on my phone. In other words, it's on the bottom, like right there prominent. And then I said, I'm going to check it at noon today instead of, you know, in the morning and then again at 10 or whatever. And it was so freeing. It's it's so funny how something that simple, and then it actually was more productive for me to check all the emails in one, you know, time block versus checking just whenever I had a minute. So it's it's those small things that can be, if you're more intentional with, can really help you, and it helps your stress too because you're not processing all that information you know, just here and there and not really finishing things, I was able to actually delete, respond and kind of like do it start to finish versus just kind of dipping in and out. Yeah. 
I love how practical that is too. And I know for emails with myself, sometimes I have to make myself just check it at my computer because what I'll do on my phone, I'll check it. Somebody will email me, but I'm like, I don't want to write a big response back on my phone. So now I'm like getting double, double checking happening because now I got to go yeah. back to my computer. And anyway, it's a whole mess. So thank you for that. Yeah. I'm totally going to take yeah. that off the bottom. I like that idea. One other thing that you talked about in your book is that all times of the day are not created equal, which I really love this part. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, I think it's important to kind of recognize when you are naturally more productive or when you kind of get that lull in the day. And, you know, it will depend on people's circumstances, but I, I explain the book that when my kids were young, I was much more of a night owl. I think it was like they went to bed early. That was like my quiet time, gave me some focus time at the end of the day. And then as they got a little bit older and we started having early morning sports practices and different things, I, I've shifted now to more of an early bird. And so I don't think that you're always one or the other, but it's also noticing kind of when can you plan those things that require more attention and focus for the times when you're more prepared to do that, you know? So like these days, if I'm going to do something focused, I'm not going to do it after dinner because I'm kind of already <laughs> checked out and moved on to like more of a relaxation, you know, phase of my day. So just again, it's kind of that self-awareness piece, but you can also kind of look at your day-to-day -day schedule. Sometimes if you're in an office environment, there may be, you know, natural times where you kind of have to be productive. So just kind of it's that awareness piece and then also kind of scheduling when you do things a little more intentionally. Yeah. And I love how you said that really with seasons, it can even change because like you said, when my kids were younger, definitely night owl. Now I'm the same way at night. My, it's like my brain turns into a big pile of mush and I'm like, you couldn't, you couldn't get me to do something creative or productive, you know, to save my life. So yeah, that's, that's really good advice there. You also talk about, you have a system that's a three color system. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I really feel that most of us could take any one of our tasks or things we do and put them into one of three categories. And this is, again, more of a mindset than anything that I want to help people kind of adapt to or adopt. And, and when I work with clients, for example, with organizing, they're, they're having me come in and work at a focused time. And so the three time zones, there's the green, which is that focused time. It's when you're really like blocking out some time to work on something that requires more of your attention and focus. So, so those types of things, whether it's, you know, maybe we're back to the email, like you're writing an important email where you want to be really thoughtful and you have to cover certain things. Like that's best designed to be done at a time when you can fully just do that task versus having some distractions. And then the yellow time zone is more of what I call multitasking. It's that flexible time. I think as, a, as moms, we're in a lot of that time zone because especially when the kids are young because they're pulling us. And so I recommend you find activities to do that allow for a lot more start and stop and that are maybe a little more, not so much mindless, but they're not so detail oriented, you know, unloading the dishwasher, <laughs> folding laundry, you know, there's so many household things, just even picking up or doing small tasks can be done quickly and you can start and stop and it's not going to affect the um, outcome. And then the red is your red time zone. And that's what I really refer to as more of when you stop it's your free time. It's what you do to kind of fill your cup. Um, you know, we call it me time. And um, it's it's when you restore. And I think that really to be productive in both green and yellow and to do the things where we need to get done, we need to just as equally protect our red time zone. And so just to kind of being aware of when you're doing what and are you matching the task to the best time? Yeah. Is there any kind of formula to know how much of each of those should be in your day? Or is that a personal preference? That's a good question. 
I didn't want it to be overly controlled or designed that way in the sense, because I think it is so unique and personal. And so it will depend and it will also depend on your season of life. You know, I think if you're in an office environment working eight to five, a lot of your day, it could be very well, could be focus time, you know, depending on what kind of work you do. So I think it's going to be very individual. And I think that people get to kind of take a look at their life schedule and their demands and kind of decide that for themselves. And I think that I don't want it to feel like there's a bunch of rules, but again, back to that mindset. And so even if you are in an office environment, are you setting up your focus time as well as you can? Are you communicating that you would like to not be interrupted if that's possible? Or, you know, are you turning off some of the notifications so you can actually focus? So it's just kind of, you know, looking at that as closely as you can and then not worrying about the percentage, but just worrying about if you're being purposeful. Yeah. Not worrying about percentage, but worrying about being purposeful. I like that. I also like that, you know, if I were to take a glance at my week with these these colors in place, it'd be easy to see, oh, wow, I have no red scheduled for this week, you know, or is it even practical for me to have eight hours of focus a day? Like, can a human mind honestly focus right. for that long? Is that an unrealistic expectation of myself? Right. Yeah. And generally, I would say I don't think our focus time can be that that long for sure. And so a lot of work time could very well bounce between green and yellow. But I think it's, again, just that mindset of saying, if I need to do something focused, you know, for example, we're doing focus work right now. We both have shut off our interruptions, our distractions. We've communicated boundaries, whatever it is. Right. But we're not going to do this for eight hours straight. You know, so it's knowing when you need to pivot from one to the next and then how to it's really setting yourself up. So back to like the example of the email, like what boundaries, what guardrails do I need to put in place to make these time zones the most effective? And I like that you mentioned the red time zone because I, I share this all the time. I am, I am more of a doer. And so I know that that is the time zone that I'm the least diligent about protecting. You know, it will be something that I'll, I'll get to, but I definitely will prioritize getting things done or, you know, just kind of checking off to do items versus like, oh, how do I restore today? And so it's yeah. really important to know which ones you need to dial up a little bit or maybe dial it down. Yeah, that's so good. So, and is this all done via like a Word, not a Word document, an Excel document, or how do you recommend doing that? And again, I gave a lot of different options options. I said to people, you know, for some people that are highly detailed or maybe have a much more routine type of schedule, you know, they could very well do like a one page, just kind of give themselves kind of a color coding if that was to help them. For other people, maybe little symbols here and there, you know, maybe, or maybe you just want to focus on one of the time zones that you don't do well, because I don't, it doesn't have to be this, this complete formula. And then I, and then I even said, it can also really simply just be that the mindset or that reminder that when you're going to start a task or, or move to do something that you're making sure that you're protecting that time. You know, for example, if I'm going to do something in my red time zone, like I want to sit and read a book or something. Well, if I decide to do that when all my teenagers decide to like have their friends over in the living room, like I haven't set myself up well. So my mindset would be, Hmm, is this the right time to be doing this, this, this activity? Could I go somewhere else? How can I set myself up for success? So really I want the reader to take the system and implement it however it is effective to them. Yeah. What about for somebody like myself who, who I prefer a paper planner? Do you, mm -hmm. how, how do you mark that up to where it can remind you what those zones are? Yeah. I'm, I think for something like that, you could do little symbols, you know, so if you're, if you're going to block out, you know, on Monday, I'm going to work from nine to 11, you know, you could have a little, you know, it could be a little green check mark or something, you know, you could find a little symbol for you. 
yeah, if it's just depending on how the planner looks or works, you could just find a way to, you could use three different colored pens. You know, there's, it really could be kind of whatever, again, speaks to you or what helps you effectively use it. Yeah. Are you a paper or digital kind of girl? This is just a random question. (laughs) That's a good question. And I actually share that too. I have been using the Google digital calendar forever. I love it. But what's interesting, and this is again, what I encourage in the book is you got to find what works. You know, I've tried using like an actual day planner and carrying it around. It's just too much for me. So keep the digital calendar for all my appointments and, and things. But then I keep a, like a modified bullet journal a smaller notebook that I can throw in my purse. And and that's my to-do list. I'll write down what we're having for dinner for each night. It's just kind of my, like, I just do a page per week. And so that's my combination. So I really, once again, encourage people to kind of play with things. And it's like, and if something's not broken, don't worry about fixing it, right? Like if you've got a system that works, carry on. However, if you don't have something that works, keep trying different things and figure out what's going to help you be the most successful with your planning. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to anybody listening, who's very intrigued by this color coding system, definitely grab her book and read it because you go really step by step thoroughly through it in there. And it's probably too much to like keep, you know, go too deep into on a podcast because we could talk about that, just that part alone for an hour. (laughs) And we still wouldn't, we still wouldn't cover everything. So definitely it made a lot of sense to me when I read it. So I would definitely recommend reading the whole book, but particularly the, you know, if you want to know more about that system. So I love all parts of it. It's just very practical. So (laughs) you mentioned earlier in passing, and I want to kind of come back to this about the word busy and um, how that's really something we should be removing from our vocabulary. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it, it, it comes up in conversation a lot and almost, I don't want to say anyone's bragging, but it almost feels like there's this victim mentality of like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so swamped. I'm so this. And and while there are things that are out of our control for sure, and things come at us and you know we get overwhelmed, those things will always be realities. But I also say in the book, and I really believe this, that time management's nickname is choices. And mm. so- the more we remember that we have a lot of daily choices that we get to make that have far reaching effects, then that's, that's kind of our, you know, that's, if we remember that it's kind of the lens, it helps to say, okay, wait a minute. What have I said yes to that? I probably shouldn't have said yes to, where do I need to say no to something? What do I need to give up? You know? And so I I don't want to be like, Oh, everyone needs to be saying no to everything. But I think we often will, not be as thoughtful or intentional with what we take on and then we get overwhelmed and then we kind of play that a little bit of a victim as opposed to like, how can I be less of a reactor and be more proactive? How can I set myself up? You know, and I think that as a culture, you know, it's, I mean, you've probably seen this too, like kids sports, things are ramped up, you know, things are, things are, there's just higher commitment levels, you know, and we've, as a family have, been pretty intentional. And I actually need to give credit to my husband because I, again, I'm kind of a doer. Like I have a pretty high capacity. I'm like, yeah, we can figure it out. We'll make it happen. And he is actually a good gatekeeper. Cause he'll be like, Tio, like we're not, you know, we gotta, we gotta, you know, so we gotta bring in some of these commitments. And so, you know, I just, I, I give the analogy that I don't think we want to just be complacent and not take on things and do things, but we need to seek fullness. And I give an example of a coffee cup. Like we want a full cup of coffee but we don't want it spilling all over and, you know, burning our hands. And so I think that if we can remove busy and think of how, what, what does a full life look like for me? That's a really good starting place. 
Yeah. And I love that because it really goes back to what we kind of started this conversation with, and that is your purpose. And that has helped my husband and I determine our yeses and our noes is, does it even line up with our purposes that we feel called to in this season? And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it can be a great thing. But if we say yes to something that does not line up with our purpose, then we just kind of end up wandering all over the place and not really going towards any one direction, you know? And then like you said, feeling pulled and 10 million different ways. So I love, I love that. And I know I've almost noticed the word busy has kind of become like the weather talk used to be, you know, used to be like, how's the weather? Now it's like, oh, how's the busy, you know? And I mean, Mm -hmm. even I have people say that to me, oh, you look like you've been so busy. And I, I have, I recognize it. And I used to be like, yeah, you know, and agree with it, but I'm trying to be better about like, not engaging in that. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like, I, you know, so. (laughs) No, I think what I think what some of that comes from is there's some tendency for us to compare because, you know, we only really see people's, you know, maybe external or what, what we perceive. And so, cause I'll have people say, Oh, you've got so much going on. Cause I have a lot of like what I would almost call smaller things. Like I have a lot of flexible things I do with my work, but it's manageable because I know my capacity and I'm in a season of life where I have a lot more flexibility with my kids being older and the way we set up our family. So while to someone else, it might look like I'm really busy. That's their perception. It's not necessarily my reality. So I think it kind of I think you have a good kind of check to say, wait a minute, I don't want to just respond naturally to that, but maybe you can kind of come up with a way to kind of, you know, maybe move it towards a positive thing, you know? Yeah. Cause it used to leave me feeling actually condemned like, oh man, do they think I'm, am I doing too much? But then I would go back to the purpose thing and I'm like, well, no, because all these things I'm doing line up with what I feel called to do. And just mm-hmm. like you said, they're just seeing the external, they don't see all the home life and, you know, all the things yeah. that we said no to and stuff and stuff like right. that. So, yeah. yeah. Another thing we kind of hit, started to get into earlier that I want to bring up again is interruptions. And I think that's something, you know, we all struggle with. Good, bad, some that you can't control, some you can't control. Do you have any advice on practically speaking how to mm-hmm. limit the amount of interruptions in our lives? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, Yeah, that's good. I think it comes down to there's a piece of it of communication. So as much as you can, communicate communicating to other people what you need from them. Now, I, I realize like if you have young kids, that's going to go in one ear, not the other, you know, whatever. I think the more we communicate, that at least helps set things up for success. And then the other suggestion I have is that when we look at our technology and and our response times to things is that we can kind of train people differently. Does that make sense? Like, of course, we need to respond to certain things right away. But I do think we respond too much and too quickly. You know, I think that we can kind of set an expectation for people that like, yeah, they're going to hear back from me, but it might be, it might be four hours later, you know, you know, in other words, and I kind of have been telling my husband this because he's, you know, he has a job where he has a lot of phone communication. I said, you know, if you respond every time that fast, that's what people expect. Now there's times where that's necessary, but just thinking through, okay, is this like a, is this something I have to respond to immediately? Or could I actually turn on do not disturb and in three hours respond to my text or whatever. So it's kind of communicating on that on the receiving end as well, I think can help set things up. So, you know, interruptions, I don't think will ever go away. But then, and then again, going back to our phones, I think the more you can limit notifications or dings or whatever the things are that tend to interrupt you, especially when you're trying to do focused time, then that is going to help set you up for more success. 
Yeah, that's so good. Have you noticed any other interruptions that aren't phone related? Mm. Other than small children, of course, you can't get yeah, on small that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I have to, if I get on phone calls, I'll put a sign on my door, like, please don't ring the doorbell, you know, because mm. not that I get, I don't get a lot of visitors, but just packages or, you know, all of those things. I feel like my pets are big interrupters, which sounds ridiculous, but like, <laughs> now that my kids are older, my my pets are my toddlers. And so kind of setting them up if I need to, you know, put the dog in the kennel. And then I, I'll also, if I go, if I'm going to go work somewhere like at the library or a coffee shop, I'm really diligent about putting in my headphones because I'll find that people can be distracting, you know? So yeah, I would say technology is probably the biggest one, but then people are yeah. right behind it. Yeah. I guess they're, they're still the same thing in, in one sense. So yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny right before we hopped on this call, oh, about 15 minutes before um, the lawn guys showed up, I was like, oh, come on, <laughs> come uh-huh. on any day of the week you can come, but they, ca- they like to come when I'm recording podcasts. It's like they right. You know, they're in on it. Yeah. (laughs) No, but thankfully, (laughs) thankfully they rounded the corner before we started, but I just was cracking up. And so, you know, that it's such a good reminder to me that there are some interruptions that we can control, like our phone and computer and all that. Mm -hmm. But then there are some that are out of our control, but it helps me mentally to know that a lot of times when I'm about to do something that I know God's called me to, Oftentimes, and don't get me wrong, I'm not calling the line guys the enemy. Oftentimes, though, the enemy will bring random distractions to get us sidetracked from our mission. And for me, whenever mm-hmm. I can recognize that that's what happens, then it helps my nerves to stay lower. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's all that is. It's good. Yeah. We'll be fine. We'll get through yeah. this. You know, I'm not going to oh. let my anger, my emotions get funneled towards that. And then then when I do have the time to get back to whatever it was, I can't because I'm mad about it. <laughs> um, yeah. And one thing I was going to, I was just going to share with the yellow time zone, I've been really deliberate. I, I have a flexible work schedule. So I'm typically home in the late afternoon when the kids get home and there's carpool and all the things dinner and I'll save those more you know, easy start and stop tasks, whether it's to fold laundry or clean up the kitchen or prep dinner, you know, and, uh, or even go walk the dog, like things that I can just go do. And, and so I'm allowing for those interruptions. I shouldn't call my kids interruptions, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like the coming and the going and the friends are over and they're eating snacks and everything else. I don't, I try to stay off my computer or work on anything work related as much as I can and do more house stuff or things that allow for that, for the interruption. guys. So I think if we kind of take on a mindset of like, oh, this is a time when interruptions are actually fine because Mm -hmm. I, I'm setting myself up to receive them. And so I think that there's that, again, I go back to intentionality. If I'm more intentional and I'm not working on something focused, then the interruptions don't kind of bother me the same way because I'm anticipating them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the point about the kids because I think that then the the tables can turn when I'm trying to be focused and tension on my kids. Mm -hmm. Then now a phone call or a text should not get to interrupt my time with them, you know, like the flip is also the same too of, Hey, no, this is family time right now. Unless you're dying in the hospital, then no, I don't need to respond to you right now. So I'm, I'm glad you brought, brought that point up. Cause I think it goes both ways. And I think it does help our family be even more understanding when we are maybe in work focus time of, Hey guys, right. let mom finish this project. And tonight we've got family movie night or whatever, you know? So yeah. yeah. So good. Such great conversation. But one other thing before we hop off here that I want to ask you about is you mentioned that our time should reflect our personalities, which I really liked this because it's very individual. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. And so it goes back to a little bit of what we talked about before when someone, you know, maybe comments, oh, you're so busy or you're doing the X, Y, Z. And I, and I've heard that over, you know, over the years sometimes, because again, and I, 
knowing myself, I do have a high capacity. I have a high energy level. I mean, I need sleep, but I'm just saying, you know, comparatively speaking, I am hardwired the way I am and I am careful. I, I've really worked on not over committing myself, but you know, just really knowing yourself and knowing how you're hardwired, what your capacity is, how much downtime you need, you know, just kind of how God's hardwired you is such an important starting point because I think what that can really help you do is accept and love yourself as you are. It doesn't mean there's not room for improvement or you shouldn't be adjusting things, but hopefully I, I use the word to stay in your lane, you know, to hopefully stay in your lane going the direction you're supposed to be going and not worrying about what so-and-so and so-and-so is doing because, I mean, of course you want to support and encourage them, but it shouldn't be this comparison because, you know, I've had seasons that were a lot slower and I've had seasons that have been, you know, you know, super, um, I had, a, I, I had a couple of years where I just worked a ton of hours, you know, I've had different seasons. And so it's like, just knowing like, if I'm in the season, this is where I'm supposed to be. And my personality, you know, this is what my capacity is. So just really loving yourself and, and honoring yourself enough to say, you know, I'm, I'm hardwired this way. And that's, that's cool. Yeah. Do you know what number you are in Enneagram? I do. I am a nine and, but I, I think three is my second. So I definitely, cause my sister was like, you're not a three. And I'm like, well, I am an achiever, but I'm not like a competitive person. So it's interesting. I do, but I'm totally a nine. Cause I am, I'm a peacemaker like mm-hmm. through and through. So yeah, those, what are you? Those are my exact two, nine and my second oh, highest yeah. was three. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so fun. <laughs> well, it's yeah. so funny because then my husband is an eight, which is a challenger. He's an so eight. Is mine. Yeah. And <laughs> so with he's the one I'm always like, all right, let's simmer down. Like uh-huh. uh, I don't I can't do yeah. all the things, but um yeah, we definitely yeah. it's that push pull with each other in a good, healthy way. You know, he yeah. pulls me to do more and I and I wait, yeah, that's right. And then I'm like, okay, dude. We need to, we need to chill out uh-huh. for a second, but that's why I just think it's so important that you brought that point up is because exactly what you said, we all have different capacities and what will stress one person out does not even phase another person. Exactly. I mean, and so yeah. I think that's just really important to know. And again, there's no area of our life where comparison ever wins or ever yeah. is healthy and yeah. or helpful or anything like that. So I'm glad you brought that up in this whole topic as well. Okay, so before we hop off, is there anywhere, I know there are lots of places online, but where's the best place that people can connect with you online? So my website is morganizewithme.com and I blog there and have all different offerings. I do organizing challenges and different things. I do have a seasonal podcast that I launch that goes with my organizing challenges. So that's kind of the best way. And then I'm on social media, Morganize With Me as well. Yeah, because you're a professional organizer, right? Yeah. So that's been my job. So we moved back to the States about three years ago. And so I'd always wanted to have my own business, which I kind of had had some small things here and there, but moving around from my husband's job, you know, limited me in some ways. And so landing in Colorado, I'm like, okay, it's the perfect season to really dig in. And so I've had a lot of fun getting that up and running. And it's just really been great to work with people. And I really feel like I'm just coaching them and holding them accountable to move forward however they want to with their organizing. Yeah. So can people hire you online too, or do you only come in person? Yeah, I work locally in Colorado, mostly Northern Colorado, but I also will do virtual organizing, which is a great option for someone who maybe just wants more of a plan and, and really accountability. That's really what the, what, what this service of professional organizing really comes down to is accountability a lot of times because we're coming alongside homeowners and helping them make the tough decisions or process through this 
stuff. Yeah, I love that because I actually hired a professional organizer last month and she came in and did um, our kitchen and our laundry room. But what was interesting is working along, I, I wanted to do it alongside her so I could learn the way she was thinking and learn, like you said, she would ask me hard questions like, do you really need to keep this? And it was funny because before she came in, I actually went through and thought I got rid of a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then we got rid of like way more stuff when she was there because she would ask me the hard questions like, yeah. when was the last time you've honestly used this? I'm like, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know, and, and just that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so I think that's really neat that you offer that as an online service, because that would be very, very helpful. And so I've gone on to do my bathroom on my own now because of hearing the thought process. I'm like, what would she say to me if she was sitting right Mm -hmm. next to me? She'd ask me these questions. She, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's awesome. I love that you offer that. Awesome. And what's the name of the seasonal podcast that goes along with your services? It's the Morganize With Me podcast. Morganize With Me podcast. Okay, yeah, everything's Morganized With Me. I, yeah. lo- I love that. Okay. Yeah, so all these links will be in the show notes, but just I like people to hear it too so they can yeah. hear it a couple places. So thank you, Morgan, for taking the time to come on. I know this episode's going to really help some people in this area. It helped me today, so I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I took away so many practical tips from this interview with Morgan, as well as her new book, Take Back Your Time. So be sure to head to Instagram at Rachel J. Gilbert to enter to win a copy of that book. And don't forget to take advantage of that special 10% off offer to cultivate what matters. And the link and the code for that is in today's show notes. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.